Welcome everyone to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, January 23rd, 2022. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship this morning. As you may be aware, during this surge of the Omicron uh, variant, we are not worshiping in person, but we are continuing to live stream our services each Sunday, and we'll keep you posted for when we're gathering, regathering back in church. Perhaps that will be in a, in a few weeks. We'll see. We're hopeful. We trust that God's Spirit will, will touch and, and nurture you this Sunday, regardless of when it is or where you are as you are joining us for worship. God finds a way to be with us and to uh, stimulate our spirit to draw closer to God, to seek that nurture and to seek that healing. Pick up on God's lead in your life. Our mission focus this month is Casa Pacifica, so I remind you of that. Um, check our website for how you might support the good stuff that goes on at Casa Pacifica. And as you might be aware or be thinking, UMCOR will be responding soon if we don't already have a notice out there for, for how to reach out and offer some aid to those folk um, experiencing the, the difficulties of the earthquake in the Pacific Ocean and the tsunami. We know that there are uh, friends of the church in Tonga who have not been heard from yet. And so um, there is a great anxiety in that part of the world. Keep them in your prayers and perhaps uh, find a way through the church, through our uh, Committee on Relief to respond. Today we continue with our new sermon series on the impact of encountering Christ, the way that encounter has had an impact on people who are noteworthy, who have gotten our attention. And by implication, as we look at how it has affected them, how that impact might actually affect us. So it's the epiphany season, it's that time of year in our religious calendar when we think about those aha moments or those oh wow moments in our life. The time when we, we start to see the light breaking through what might be the fog of our light or life or our darkness, when we start to make sense of things in a deeper or perhaps a more meaningful way. Epiphany season draws our attention to those kind of moments. And so we are hoping that through these Sunday worship services, you might have some moments of epiphany in your life. We hope we are a part of bringing that uh, encounter with God that makes you go, oh, 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 wow. Today, we look at St. Peter we look at C.S. Lewis as inspirations for us, an interesting pairing. All right, let us center ourselves for worship uh, through music, through word, through the Spirit's leading. The Lord is here in the beauty of the morning. May we bow our hearts before him. 
bow our hearts before God as we join together in the call to worship. Brothers and sisters, let us focus our attention and worship the Lord. Holy God, hear our words and uplift our spirits. Renew us today. Amid our burdens and hardships, amid our hopes and yearnings, we seek your life-renewing power for our lives. Touch us and strengthen us for the challenges ahead through your love and through your grace. May your spirit's light lead us forward. God, you have shared yourself with us in so many ways and at so many times. Help us to pay attention, to look and to listen well for your message of new and abundant life. May your light illumine our pathways and help us grow into our better selves, fully your beloved children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Good morning, friends. This is the time in our worship service where I get the opportunity to talk to the children of the church. But first, I want to talk to your parents. You guys can listen in at the same time. I have to confess that I made a mistake. I forgot to email you this week to tell you that we had switched the order of our sermon series. So if you printed out the children's bulletin for what I said was this week, that's next week's. And the one for next week is this week's. So I ask your forgiveness, and I'll try to do better in the future. I say this because this is also an important lesson for our Bible lesson for today. You, the children of the church, have you ever made a mistake? I know I have. 
And I know that as I was growing up, my parents did this amazing job of giving me the opportunity to make right on my mistake, to do better the next time, to try to fix what I had done wrong. Our lesson this morning talks about someone who made a mistake. He denied Jesus. He said he didn't know who Jesus was. And Jesus gave him the opportunity to claim his faith to the same amount that he had denied him. We are so blessed to have a God who gives us chances to do things right, to do things over, to apologize, to ask for forgiveness, and to make changes. That is a great gift that we have. Before we go to prayer, I would love to say to you that if you have a point this week where you have one of those aha moments, where you see where the forgiveness has taken place, where maybe you made a bad choice and then you have the opportunity to make a better choice, that you let me know about it. So tell your parents about it and ask them to email me or draw a picture of it and have them send me the picture so that we can share some of those aha moments together. And maybe the congregation can say, oh, wow, to the learning that you have had. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. And thank you for all of our yesterdays. Thank you for loving us. Even when we make mistakes. And thank you for giving us forgiveness. And giving us the chance to do it over. In your name we pray. Amen. to God, the life, the truth, the way, the path of prayer thyself hast trod, Lord, teach us how to pray. Please join me in prayer. Awesome and almighty God. We give you thanks for today and for all of our tomorrows as well as all of our yesterdays because they have brought us here to this place where we have the opportunity to have epiphanies, big and small, that help us to understand you more clearly and to understand who you are calling us to be. Help us to see the ways in which we have veered off course, have deviated from your plan, and have done things that do not give honor to you and help us to make right on those bad decisions, work to make better decisions in the future, and find ways to feed your sheep. Help us to find ways to say, yes, Lord, you know I love you. We give you thanks for the ways in which you do offer us new life and forgiveness. Give us opportunities to turn around and draw closer to you. As we draw closer to you ourselves, we also draw closer to you by lifting up in prayer those that are in our community that need your support. As Pastor Walt lifted up this morning, we pray for the people of Tonga, those who are still missing, those that are waiting for word from their loved ones that they're okay. As they work to assess the damage that was done by the earthquake and tsunami, and as they figure out how they rebuild from here. 
O Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for everyone who is impacted by the COVID virus, those that are sick, those that are healing, those whose employment situations are are impacted by what's going on. We lift up specifically Jerry McRae, who has COVID at 88 years old. We ask you to be with her in her healing and with those that are offering care to her this day. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We also lift up those with dementia and Alzheimer's who are greatly affected by COVID and its restrictions. Be with them in their confusion, in the loss of routine and ritual, and let them know your presence in the midst of the chaos that they must be feeling. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Dick Thomas. We give thanks for a successful surgery and we continue to pray for his healing. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Warren Tabutal as he makes adjustments after a heart attack last weekend. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Crystal Newkirk who was in a car accident and broke her finger. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts this morning. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray all these things, saying the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first Danger 
dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me, His word my hope secures. He You know, during the pandemic, our worship has focused on maintaining our well-being, our bodily health, our emotional balance, our spiritual strength, taking opportunities presented however they came to us to strive forward anew. Life persists, and we will prevail. The question is just how robustly. We've approached this through sermons focusing on setting a course for a better life, using resources and, and the practices of our faith to discover and develop our true spiritual selves. The stories within the story of the holiday season, discovering God's desire to better connect with us so that we might better connect and thrive with God. And now in the new year, looking at the impact of Christ upon people, upon us, lifting up biblical characters and historical figures as models for us, suggesting they are examples of what can happen to us by letting Jesus' story into our lives. Our lives can become a different story. God can strengthen or transform us, make new or renew us. Last week we looked at conversions, at, at radical changes. We looked at Paul and, and Dorothy Day, a hard stop and decisive turn is possible 
for all of us as it was for these two characters. Today we look at Peter and C.S. Lewis for inspiration, hoping to discern another, aha, oh wow, for our lives through their lives. Jesus is remembered as stating concerning Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Now I am thinking, I am thinking Jesus is really speaking metaphorically here since the Christian church was built more upon the work of Paul than Peter. If I'm right, then what was Jesus getting at by saying that about Peter? Let's take a look. Let me remind you of some basic information about Peter. He was a fisherman, right? He, was, uh, he came from Bethsaida, we think, or perhaps Capernaum. We know that his mother-in-law had a home in Capernaum, and, and that is where we pick up with Peter's life as it intersects with Jesus. And we even hear that Jesus, you might say, makes his home in Capernaum at this home of Peter's. He was called as one of the first disciples with his brother Andrew. He's remembered as the first to confess Jesus as the Christ. Uh, scripture says that was revealed to him through his faith. Peter's remembered as witnessing the transfiguration and at, at uh, being present at Gethsemane for Jesus' prayer time of anguish. We're told that Peter walked on water with the help of Jesus. That he pledged his allegiance earnestly to Jesus at the Last Supper. That he was critical of Jesus' thinking of how that crucifixion might be in his future. And actually Jesus then turned to him and called him Satan, told him to get back behind how Peter drew a sword when Jesus was arrested and was rebuked by Jesus again. How Peter denied Jesus during Jesus' trial. We're told that, that Peter was the lead voice in the Pentecost experience, how he was the initial head of the Jesus movement, that he worked some miracles after the resurrection, that he was called the apostle to the circumcised. Yet we're also told that, told that he broke kosher rules and then equivocated on the breaking of those rules, that he had arguments with Paul over those rules and that he was, it's believed, martyred in Rome. This is an amazing, an amazing, amazing story, a strong story of faith. Yet it is also a story that has stumbles 
and some really big failures. Now, key for our thoughts today is his his energetic pledges of fealty to Jesus and his, well, his abysmal shortcoming at it at a crisis time in Jesus' life. Peter denying Christ three times during that terrible time of Jesus' trial and his beatings. It's a heart-wrenching moment. Yet, at the Galilean seaside breakfast after the resurrection, we witness Jesus forgiving and, and redeeming Peter, commissioning him for the ministries that are ahead. It's a marvelous illustration of of a spiritual resurrection through Peter's renewed faith. And that happened through repentance, forgiveness, and redemption. So I invite you to listen along to the highlights of this denial and redemption story as Rachel shares with us our our scripture reading for today. Today's scripture is from John 18, verses 25 through 27, and John 21, verses 15 through 17 and 19. Now Peter, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, Are you not also one of his disciples? Aren't you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at that moment the cock crowed. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said it to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And after he said this to him, he said, follow me. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The central story of Peter and Jesus. And we see in that grace that is sufficient to any need. And it reminds us that God does not give up on us. And so we would be smart to not give up on God. Peter is the kind of disciple who makes what Paul said about 
his discipleship true. It's a good illustration of it, how one's weakness is made strong through Christ. As Peter tried to walk on water, he needed to keep his eye focused on Jesus to be able to do that. And when he looked away and when he became fearful and when he centered himself on himself, he sank. The kind of disciple whose weakness is made strong in Christ. He is our enduring symbol of the power of repentance and forgiveness to bring forward renewed faithfulness and, and then effective ministry. It's a marvelous illustration of what I call the great nevertheless. Regardless of our failings, and perhaps in light of our failings, God embraces us and say, and says, I see you, oh dear, nevertheless, I understand you, and I love you. Come into my grace, and let's try this again. Aha. Oh, wow. Are you familiar with Clive Staples Lewis? C.S. Lewis, well, around World War II and for a, a couple more decades, he was a leading, what's called apologist, defender of the Christian faith, a professor, a famous author, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you may be familiar with that, the Narnia Chronicles, the Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity. Here are some basics about his story. He was born in Belfast, Ireland, reared as a Protestant, though he's known mostly thought of as being English. Older brother, Private English schooling for the both of them after an early and, and uh, mournful death of a mother. He finds himself with no need any longer for faith. It's all myth and it's all story to him. He's not a very athletic kind of guy and so he strives for a acceptance and for excelling intellectually, and he does do that. He's an Oxford steward. During World War I, he gets, he gets wounded. Uh, he comes back and becomes a professor of medieval and Renaissance literature, and then what becomes English literature in England, uh, at Oxford and at Cambridge later in his life. He becomes part of what I'm calling the British religious awakening, how, how Evelyn Waugh, Graham Greene, Chesterton, T.S. Eliot, J.R.R. Tolkien, all of these great thinkers, literary figures, uh, moving towards a, a reapproachment, an understanding of faith in their lives. 
He became a famous broadcaster during the London World War II bombings, talking about how faith can sustain us through those kind of difficulties. His books have reached millions around the globe. What we see in C.S. Lewis is a spiritual kind of stagger step, a, a, a rearing in the faith and a discarding of the faith and then a reclaiming of the faith. One of his biographers writes that in his teenage years, Lewis came to the view that religion, though utterly false, was a, a natural development, a, a kind of endemic nonsense into which humanity tended to blunder. And then later, recovering from his war wounds, he had time to reflect upon how his worldview just did not really hold up well for the reality of life he witnessed around him. He searched in earnest for meaning, for, for personal fulfillment and for stability, something that would, would make sense of his inner world and the outer world. And he came to discover what he called cosmic logos. You know how we talk about Jesus being the logos? This was a, a way in for C.S. Lewis and his intellect to the renewed encounter with Jesus. Cosmic logos that made sense for him of reality, that there was something there that held it all together, that offered a way to make sense of what you were seeing and experiencing. And he found his way back to a general belief in a God. And then he found his way into a personal belief in Christ. Aha! Oh, wow. McGrath writes, Now he began to realize that there was a deeper order grounded in the nature of God which could be discerned and once grasped, it made sense of culture, history, science, and above all, the acts of literary creation, of imagination that he valued so highly and made his life's study. J.R.R. Tolkien was key in helping Lewis find his way back to God. Hungering for that intellectual coherence about life and, and having grown tired of his private spiritual fight with God, Lewis himself wrote, I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed. Now, what do we make of these two life journeys, these two encounters 
of God through Christ. Both Peter and Lewis embraced the faith and fell from it and then was able to regain it. Like us, or like many of us, they were searchers, they were, they were seekers of something that would make sense out of life. What a chance Peter must have taken of hearing this Jesus guy call him, and then he turns and puts his nets down and walks away to follow Jesus, yet then only to find out that maybe what he thought Jesus was, Jesus wasn't, in that he wasn't acting like the Messiah they thought was coming. Peter and Lewis, through the death of family member, the death of loved ones in World War I, the falling apart of all of what was civilized, wondering how... How does this hold together? It sounds like maybe some feelings you and I are, are having as we go through the pandemic, as we try to make sense of this, what seems like madness that is going on around us. Searcher, seeker, there's got to be something that can make sense of this and give, it, and give it some meaning so it's not random chaos and give us some resilience, some resilience that we can bounce back and perhaps be even better. Peter and C.S. Lewis sought after that. Things that might re-knit their world or heal them so that they could move better through the changes and experience the joys more deeply and be sustained through the sorrows. Many of us would describe our search in a very similar, similar kind of way. What was crucial to them you know, and I think important for us to note here is that God is on the lookout for us. God does not abandon us. Even if we seem to abandon God. This is the remarkable quality of the love of God for all of us. This grace upon grace. 
forgiveness, redemption. Wow. Christ is always knocking at the door of our souls for us to welcome him into our lives. Thanks be to God. He does not tire of seeking our connection. In, in our language, it, it seems God is not keeping score of all the umbrages caused by us, but rather God is looking at us with a bigger, bigger picture and seeks for us, however it can be brought about, a life healed and a life made better. God seeks us. God, God draws us close, offers healing, sends us out again with love. Know, dear friends, that that we are bathing in God's grace all of our life, even now, right now. And an honest self-assessment that leads to repentance welcomes the experience of forgiveness and our transformation through God's redeeming power. If we are not in this spiritual place right now, it is out there available for us when we respond to God's beckoning. Seize it for yourself. Don't give up on yourself by giving up on God. God has not given up on you. Return to God and grow into your better self. Amen. As we grow into our better selves, we take a step back and look at the times in our lives where we felt like our lives have been unraveling. And we look and see the ways in which God has found the tools and the techniques needed to knit our lives back to together, maybe even better and stronger than before. For that, we give thanks. And we show our appreciation by giving our tithes, gifts, and offering to God and committing our lives to that renewed life found in redemption. We will receive the gift of music as we contemplate our gifts.
Awesome and almighty God, we surrender all to you as we realize the gift of amazing grace that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us, reaching out to us, reminding us that we are loved, and reminding us that you have not given us up on us. Use the gifts that we give to you so that others might know your redeeming love and the extent that you will go to be in relationship with us. In your name we pray, amen. It only takes a spark to get a fire And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That 
That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. I wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. You can depend on him. It matters not where you're bound. I'll shout it from the mountaintop. I want my world to know the Lord of love has come to me. I want to pass it on. We hope this service has been a, a blessing to you. You know, for some people like Peter and C.S. Lewis, an encounter with Christ brings an opportunity for clearer thinking and more honest self-appraisal, a chance for repentance, for forgiveness, and for, for rebirth. There is no dead end with God. There is always the opportunity to get things right, to get them better. So know that second chances... They are possible because God is never done with you. Aha. Oh, wow. Christ, is, Christ encourages you to invite him into your life and see what happens. How is God beckoning you to newness in 2022? We look forward to witnessing your epiphanies. Let me remind you of, of the virtual coffee hour happening after worship this morning. We'll be gathering about five or ten minutes once we are done with worship to, to greet one another and share the spirit. Be safe. Stay healthy. Know that you are loved. Amen. Father, give thy benediction, give thy peace before we part, still our minds with truth's conviction, come with trust each anxious heart. Oh.